Hello, superstars. We are joining you, having just recorded the full episode of 211 for Sorta Awesome, where we're talking about our awesome overflow for summer 2019. And so, you know, we had to come over and give you guys the real scoop behind the scenes (laughs) here for you guys. Now, Kelly and Rebecca have done an amazing, amazing job. I want to publicly tell you thank you again. I've privately thanked you, but I want to publicly say thank you again so much for keeping these overflow episodes going throughout the summer. And I know the superstars appreciate it so much too. So thank you guys. As they say at Chick-fil-A, our pleasure. pleasure. (laughs) That's right. We say our pleasure in our house and someone goes Chick-fil-A. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Okay. So yes, like I mentioned on the main episode, which is 211, which just dropped today in the regular sort of awesome feed, we do have some things that we just were like, let's just take it to the superstars. I want to talk here in a few minutes about a sort of new endeavor for sort of awesome and maybe expanding and trying to bring in some more people into the awesome fold, into the awesome community. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But each of us have kind of been thinking about what can we share with you all that we, you know, want to just keep in the superstar circles. So Rebecca, how about you? Okay, so I had told Meg and Kelly that I was going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale season three that I finished this summer because I can't, like I can't. I just, I'm not intelligent enough. I need like a whole hour and like a whole panel of people to do it with me. There's like, guys, I just can't. Like, I just, you know what I mean. Like, if you watched it, you know, like, I just, okay, I just can't. I can't. So instead. I didn't even watch it. And I have the same feeling. Like all of my friends who do watch it, that's exactly what they say, Rebecca. They're like, it's just, it's like, what? Exactly. And that's about what you can say without getting into spoilers. Because yeah. I will say that I have gone online because I'm like, I want to know a little bit more of what they're talking about. Yeah. But then I'm, you know, then I'm reading spoilers, but that's okay. Cause I know I can't watch the show. Right. 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 It is intense. It is not for everybody. I don't know why I like it so much, but I do. So instead, what I'm going to talk about is that last month on the overflow episode that Kelly and I record together, I shared my frustrations with not being able to manage the fun chaos of summer along with my online work. And guys, I just have to tell you that after we stopped recording, Kelly and I kept talking and this girl took me to church, you guys. Like she was so helpful. I ended, like closed out Skype and I was just like, oh, Oh, I needed that so much. so great. Yeah, I'm kind of sad that we weren't still recording because she was so helpful. So basically... You know, what I was sharing in the overflow episode here with you awesomes was that I was frustrated that I wasn't able to do more work. My work time was so greatly diminished over the summer, and I felt like I was just doing a bad job at my online work. I wasn't making the time for it. I didn't always have the energy for it when I did have the time and was choosing to stay home instead. I was really rocking the summer mom thing, like I felt really good about all of that, but that my work was suffering. Mm-hmm. But when I stopped recording, ultimately, I admitted to Kelly that my big hang up wasn't this lack of like, I had this desire to work, but it was more that I realized I was spending my time exactly how I wanted to be spending it, but I was scared. And hello, I'm Enneagram 6. Yes. A lot of decisions I make are fear-based. And I have been scared, and this has been like forever since I started 
my online work, not just this summer, but I have been scared that if I don't invest in my online work properly now, that I will have nothing left when I have the time to dedicate to it later. Mm. I'm scared that my income will dry up. I'm scared that my audience will lose interest. I'm just scared that like it's all going to go away. And like my ultimate desire and goal is that when all of my children are in school full time, that I can justify still being home because of my online work and not feel like I have to go back to work part time or full time, but that I have this other thing that I'm doing. Yes. And my fear has always been that I'm not properly cultivating this online work and that in the future it's just all going to be it's just going to go away. Wow. So Kelly gave me this advice. And she said, well, you know, God is not a God of scarcity, but of abundance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. Okay. If he wants good things for me and if he wants me to be able to stay home and cultivate this online community that I have built, then it's going to be possible. I'm not big enough to mess that up. And it also reminded me of this question that I saw somewhere. It might have been even in an Enneagram 6 meme or something on Instagram. But the question was, what would you do if you weren't scared? Right. Or what decision would you make if you weren't scared? Yes. I was like, okay. So I decided to stop feeling guilty about work for the whole last month of summer. Because the reality was that I was living my life exactly the way I wanted to be living. But I was scared that I wasn't being responsible. Yeah. So that means I have two projects I really wanted to finish and launch this year that might not get done. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. So this last month of the summer, I have felt a lot more carefree. I've just been a lot more relaxed. I've just repeatedly reminded myself that I can do great things in my work regardless of what I don't do. Yes. (laughs) And so one area where I have remained the most active in the midst of kind of this lull that I've been having in my online work. Because again, so I do this sort of awesome gig here with these lovely ladies, which I am so thankful for and love, love, love. But then, you know, I have my blog and that includes new blog posts, monthly newsletters. And then I have all my social media channels that I am trying to create content for. Also, it's been a struggle to stay on top of everything with the kids at home. But the one area that I've remained the most active in all of this is Instagram, which I love. And I would love for each of you to follow me there. If you haven't, you can find me at Simply Rebecca. Yes. And you're so good at it too. Oh, well, thank you. I really, really enjoy it. I really do. And I have a YouTube recommendation for anybody else out there who wants to improve their Instagram stories or their photo captions, or they're just looking to grow more on that platform, or maybe just like just for your friends and family, maybe you only have like 50 people who watch your Instagram stories, but you just want to like be a little bit more sassy with it. Mm-hmm. You want to figure out what are these graphics that people are using? I don't understand. You know, like if you just want some tips, okay, I have this YouTube channel that I recommend. Her name is Katie Stuckley. She is a young freelance videographer who's been on YouTube for like 10 years. And I discovered her a long time ago because she made content related to being Mennonite. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I didn't know I grew know up that. in a Mennonite church. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to check her out. I stayed subscribed. But then for a long time, sorry, Katie, I wasn't actually watching any of her videos. It's okay. She's then, probably guys, not a superstar. It's all right. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> 
She's gonna be. Okay. <laughs> yes, let's bring her in. Okay. So she recently had a video about Instagram hacks that went viral. And so she's been on the YouTube platform for like 10 years, but only recently has seen really good, fast growing success. So I feel like she has such a unique perspective. She's got the perspective of somebody who's more like on the same lines of maybe me, you know, like a long time working at something, but you're not met with that instantaneous success that some people just see and blossom from, you know, so like she knows how to put in the work. She knows what it takes. And anyway, her content, especially about Instagram, is doing very, very well on her YouTube channel right now. And she has some really great videos that just kind of give an overview of how to do stories and the different hacks and stuff. So her name is the name of her YouTube channel. So I'll spell it out for you. It's Katie, K-A-T-I-E, Steckley, S-T-E-C-K-L-Y. She's fun. She's really great. She's young. She's yeah. adorable. Yeah. Check her out and me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I was introduced to her channel through you, and I have followed along with a lot of her videos ever since then. And I have to agree, she has great energy. She is very honest, but also very helpful, very practical. I love what she's doing. She's really fantastic. So, yeah, she's great. Go find Katie. Yes, do. All right. And Rebecca. And Rebecca. And me. I mean, if you're only going to find one, then go I find mean, Rebecca for sure. But hopefully everybody's already following. If there's a superstar that's listening that isn't already following Rebecca, she's that's what I'm thinking. The best on Instagram. There might yes. be. There yeah. might be. <laughs> All right. Talking to you. Kelly, what do you want to share with us, a little extrovert on the overflow, overflow? Yes, on <laughs> the overflow, squared. overflow. The overflow of the overflow. Yes. Okay, I have saved this. I can't believe in some ways, you guys, this might actually have to come up in another awesome of the week in the regular show. But once again, the superstars get exclusive first access to this idea. It is the TV show, the Hulu original, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Mindy Kelling is one of the people who's produced this. It was one of those things that just kept coming up in my Instagram and in my Twitter as a promoted post. I don't know, like hmm. maybe because I like Mindy, they were like, go watch this, go watch this. So one of those nights when I was folding laundry, I clicked on the first episode. It came out just at the very end of July and there's 10 episodes in all. They will end actually next week is the final episode for this season. And it hasn't been necessarily picked up again. So this might be it. You know, it might be this yeah. one little capsule. It is so fun. And so charming. So I do remember barely the movie from the 90s, Four Weddings and a Funeral, with, you know, all of the people that were big then, Andy McDowell and Hugh Grant, right? Yes, that's right. Floppy Englishman. So I will say that I remember that movie. I remember liking it. I was not obsessed with it or anything. So it wasn't that drew me in. It was the mini yeah. feeling that drew me in to this show. And really, it has, in my mind, very little in common with the 1994 namesake. It is the story of a group of friends set in London. So you've got all of that English charm, right? Yes. Uh -huh. They're Americans, but of course, there's all sorts of people that they interact with and friends that they have made that are there in England. And like in the movie, there are four weddings and a funeral that tie the plot together. But otherwise, this cast is so much more, I feel like, multidimensional. Of course, mm -hmm. they're doing 10 hour long episodes versus one movie, so they have right. more time. But it's also way more multi-ethnic and 
modern. Obviously, it's more modern. It's millennial generation. These are people who are in their late 20s, early 30s, trying to figure out life and doing it in a culture that is not American, but that has all the same things that we are all dealing with. How do we maintain friendships? What does love look like today? We just call each other out, I think, a lot more than maybe we used to. Things are on the surface. Yes. It is completely charming. And my family has now gotten to the point that when I'm watching a new episode, because I will say also, when I first started, I didn't realize that I wasn't going to be able to binge the whole thing. You know, I just saw that there were a few. So I watched two or three and then it stopped. And I was like, I have to wait. You guys, I'm never like on trend enough to have to wait. (laughs) I'm seasons behind. Like, again, the other thing I've been watching is this show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I am caught up with that now. And I also have to wait on that. It's so annoying. This is why I like to be behind the times. But every Wednesday when it comes out and I'm watching it, you know, that day or that next day, I have to stop it multiple times just to say to the universe, this show is so cute. It It is is just so fun and charming that there's all of the Britishisms in it. I will say it always says at the beginning that it's rated for mature audiences because there's a lot of swearing mostly. Yeah. I had forgotten this actually, that the opening scene of this show and the movie begins with like every main character dropping at least one F-bomb. So if you have little kids in the room, don't even pull up, you know, that part of it. You're going to scare them or just do what I do, wear your wireless headset. But it has been so fun, especially for the second half of my summer. Fun to have something to look forward to. Fun to have a complete break. You know, it's meaningful because it's about relationships, but it's not heavy lifting. It's fun to watch. The people are beautiful. I love the accents. It's just great TV. I've watched the first two episodes and then I got distracted and haven't gone back to it. The ones I saw were absolutely darling. And the kind of accents that even those of us with hillbilly ears can understand (laughs) what's being said without closed captioning. Well, that's wonderful. (laughs) I told my husband that having watched it now for eight episodes, I'm starting to pick up all the different types of British accents. You know, you're able to Ah, differentiate between the different ones, just like... Here in America, we have different accents for different regions. I know that the same is true in England and in the UK. So I'm starting to be able to finely tune my ears to be able to hear it. But it's just fun. It's just fun. There's a whole bunch of reality TV in it too, Rebecca. Have you ever seen on YouTube, there's a video, I'm sure there's more than one, but there's one that comes to mind specifically. I cannot remember the channel of it, but it's a British woman and she like goes through and does all of the different like regional dialects. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. That would be fascinating. Yeah. I'll see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. If I can find it, that'll be some interesting Googling. (laughs) But yes. Well, you could wait until next week and then it will all be out and you don't have to suffer the wait. You could just wait and binge the whole thing. You're like, this is how the normals live. I don't even know what to do. (laughs) The normals. What do you I don't. I don't. What do you mean I have to wait a whole week? This is the way we used to live. Okay. Such good stuff. I do want to say that Rebecca Hoffer has probably had the biggest influence on my, how I spent my summer vacation with anybody. Because Rebecca, I, yes, (laughs) take your victory lap because it's true. I, first of all, this wasn't just the summer, but I got so into The Bachelorette, which you and I have not even gotten a chance, Rebecca, to unpack Hannah B's season of The Bachelorette. (sighs) But I was all the way deep dive. I went on Reddit. I read all the spoilers. I knew what was going to happen before it played out. And I still watched every minute of it and read all the things. I understand now, Rebecca, you know, this has been a journey for me, a personal journey from back in 2015. when I was like, 
The Bachelor. How are they even still making that? To this season of The Bachelor just being like hanging on every word. It was so good. I love Hannah so much. I was so skeptical about her being The Bachelorette. And she's one of my favorite in the top five for sure. For me. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear you say that. That affirms the fact that it's not just because I am relatively new to Bachelor Nation that I just loved her so much. I really did. Oh, she was adorable. Was oh, my word. And there are so many things happening too, like social media wise. That's a whole conversation. Maybe we'll do a little superstar episode about that, talking about just like how social media and traditional media, like the crossover, the intersection there. There's so many interesting things about that. But Rebecca, you may also know that you have influenced me in the realm of YouTube. So, <laughs> oh, that's not even what I thought you were going to say oh, next. What did you oh, think my I was going to say? I thought you were going to talk about younger. Oh yes. Now that's another one that I started <laughs> and haven't finished. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> not <laughs> Rebecca's giving you, guys. you the eye of disappointment. How you know. quickly they fall from glory. Disapproving. <laughs> Disapproving. Then I saw you say, I think this is in the hangout group. I think it was you that said maybe the first few episodes are a little bit slower, but then once you get into it. I would even say the first two seasons are slower. Okay. Yes. The first season, I was like, okay, whatever. This is just cute, whatever. But then I stopped watching. And then in a bored moment of boredom, (laughs) I went back to it. I thought, well, I'll try it again. Season two is when I started to really fall in love with the characters and like, especially her boss and the big statement necklaces that she always wears and how awkward she is and everything. And then, but season three is when I like really started to appreciate the plot line. So it's a lot to ask, but those first two seasons are good. They're good backstory, but yeah, they're building really, the foundation. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going back to it. I absolutely will in my copious free time. The other way that you've influenced me is getting me really solidly into YouTube culture. And that really is what I watched a lot of over the summer. And so all of that, speaking of coming to an intersection and like where things cross over, I haven't even told you guys this. My heart is beating so fast right now because I haven't said this out loud to anybody. But, you know, last week, Kyle and I sat down and did the sort of awesome family style. And I really loved doing something a lot more casual sort of awesome for so long because of the vision I had for it, the vibe that I wanted it to create is definitely girlfriend chat, but it's always pretty structured. I never have sat down to record without having an agenda and like knowing how I was going to transition from point to point. But because of the way things played out, I didn't have time to do that with that episode with Kyle. It was really us just kind of off the cuff talking. So I will save you all the ins and outs of this, but ultimately. What I'm going to do, what we're going to do is kind of expand what we're sort of awesome is a little bit and bring sort of awesome to YouTube. Starting with, first of all, and this is something that I've heard podcasters talk about literally for years, is starting with just having your episode on there, no visual, just like the show logo or whatever, and then the audio playing. Because there are a lot of people who don't want to fuss with figuring out how podcasts work. Even still in 2019, there are people who don't want to fuss with figuring out how podcasts work. But they're on YouTube. And my husband is one of those people. He doesn't really listen to podcasts very much, but he likes to have something running in the background while he, you know, just like processing numbers or whatever he does on his job. (laughs) (laughs) So in addition to that, having a sort of like after show discussion 
where he and I, Kyle and I just sit down and kind of like, it's almost like a supplement to the show. Maybe take a topic that we covered or something that didn't quite make it on the show because we didn't have time or just like whatever. And for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, just kind of talk through some extra to the show. Hopefully in that it is bringing in people to sort of awesome who would never find it otherwise. And also, you guys, on my end, I have been feeling this itchiness to do something new again. It's the same feeling as when I was learning how to do Sort of Awesome. Just like, I just need the challenge. I love doing Sort of Awesome and I don't want to stop that. But I just need that thing of, I got to teach myself something new. And so I have no idea how to do video. You two know how to do video better than I do, for sure. But yeah, so we're going to just kind of play with it a little bit and see where it goes. If it's a terrible idea and it crashes and burns, oh, it's okay. It's just YouTube, right? (laughs) I think this sounds great. Yeah, I do too. There is a big market for, frankly, I don't understand it, but there is a huge market for people watching, consuming podcasts on YouTube. I personally don't get it. It's not my cup of tea. But there's a ton of them. I'm telling you, that's my husband listens to like three financial services industry podcasts. He's never looked them up in Apple Podcasts. Or he doesn't even have another podcast app besides Apple Podcasts. He's never looked it up. He just goes to the YouTube channel and pushes play. And I'm like, he's <laughs> in his eyes. desk all day. I'm never sitting down, except when I'm recording. I'm never sitting down for an hour or hours. So I can kind of see it, I guess. Okay, and I'm going to tell you right now that I think you should start with this. I love the idea of learning something new, but I think you guys could do a family channel. I really? think a Catholic family with your family, the, your kids are cute. You live in the middle of the country. You're charming. I think if you wanted to go that direction, yeah, you totally could. Well, we'll see where it like goes. A mm-hmm. When you and Kyle do the recaps or like the after show. Is that going to be video, like visual? Yes. So is it your husband is going to be uh-huh. on YouTube? You're right. Yes. He never does that. He doesn't even want his picture on Instagram, but he's willing to actually be on video on YouTube to do this. So that's shocking. Yes. So and I myself have been very hesitant to be on video. I just have weird insecurities about it. But Rebecca, like what you were talking about in terms of fear and like really digging into like, what am I actually afraid of? That has been a really helpful exercise for me in all of this is like, why have I been so resistant to being on video, even for like Instagram stories and stuff? What's going on there? And kind of digging into some insecurities about appearance and about, you know, like not saying everything perfectly when it first comes out, which is a huge insecurity of mine. (laughs) It's my one wing showing up so strong with that. But yeah, again, just Looking at what the challenge is, feeling like I'm ready for a challenge and this feeling like a really natural extension. So nothing about the Friday shows or our, you know, superstar programming is going to change at all. We're really just hoping to kind of expand outward. And again, just I mean, that's like sort of the forward facing motivation. But for me, inwardly, just to be able to pick up a new skill and play with it and have fun with it. That is very cool. Yes. Wow. This is awfully exciting. So much fun. And maybe it'll move into like, you know, group shows like this having a visual component to it. 
But then maybe I need to like not yes, record my closet. That's so true too. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's a good well, backdrop. Plenty of other people do. There's a lot to look at. That's for you. sure. It is interesting. <laughs> people are going to be like, Rebecca, that dress to behind you that's red. Can you just hold that out? Such a good color. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you guys, Kyle is bringing Nico to me right now. He's just woken up and ready to eat. So I guess that's a good place for us to stop. Well, hey, so, real quick. I said I would share the books that I didn't like. Oh, yeah. Should I put them in right. the show notes? Oh, my goodness. No, you can tell them right now. Well, I've got to go because I have a meeting. Okay. Okay. So I'm two minutes Kelly, late. So you're excused. Okay. I'm okay. excused. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay. But I'll have to look at the show notes. I'll have to listen to the overflow Bye, so Kelly. That I can hear them. Real life. Man. Okay. Bye. Oh, my goodness. Look at that baby yes. with his chubby <laughs> cheeks. And, oh, my goodness. Okay. I just want to squish him. Look at him. He's huge. He's a big baby. Okay. All right. Tell me your books. Okay. Wow. This feels so scandalous. I can't believe I'm sharing them. Okay. The one that I did not finish is called The Immortalists. This is by Chloe Benjamin. Yes. This book is about four, I think it's four siblings who find out from a fortune teller the date of their death. Oh. And then how they choose to live their lives knowing. Yes. You know, like the ticker is. Counting down. Yes. (laughs) And so it sounded really interesting to me, but it was just, okay. It was just a little too intense. I didn't really care for the storyline of the first sibling. And then honestly, this is going to sound like this is so shallow sounding, but the reading level on this book was like more than I was in for. It was like, okay, it wasn't like so high that I am like too stupid to manage this book. Right. But I was not in the position where I wanted to invest in exactly. a book that I had to concentrate that hard on. Does that yes. make sense? Totally. You're I just sometimes like not an, in the mood yeah. for reading to be work like that. Yes, sometimes I, you are, but sometimes not. I felt like an idiot. I was like, <laughs> I'm stopping this book because it's like too hard to read. But it wasn't just that. It was more yeah. than it was more than that. But that one I didn't quite finish. And I also didn't finish An American Marriage. Oh, gosh. Everybody's raving about that one. I know. People are like, Rebecca, <laughs> right now. I They're don't... shouting into the air. I know. Okay, so I got it, and then it was due at the library. I renewed it as many times as I could, and then I was, like, on page 160, and I had to take it back to the library. I just had to. And then I got it out again. And I was like, eh, I don't feel like starting it up. I think when I can't find myself finishing a book, like I'm not so eager. That's a sign that it's like not, it's just not fitting me. I think I didn't quite like the characters that much. I don't know. It's not necessarily a bad book. I don't know what my problem was with that one. And then there was another one that I didn't really like. I can't believe I'm saying all this. Okay. I also didn't like The Things We Keep by Sally Hempworth. Okay. Uh, I have that on my dresser right now. I just haven't started it. Well, it was, it was recommended enough. on the episode with Meredith. And I finished it. Oh, OK. It was a cute story. It's a story about oh, so the American marriage story. I don't even know how to describe it. It was about a husband. He goes to prison and then he gets out and she falls in love with somebody else. I think I don't know. Guys, I'm so bad at this book reviews. Look me up. Okay. It's my new thing. No, it's not. OK, <laughs> but this the things we keep book really enticed me because it's about a woman with Alzheimer's who falls in love in a nursing home. But she's like super young. Like she's got really early onset Alzheimer's. Like she's like really, really young. And there's another. Oh, wait. I was thinking of a totally different okay. book. I was thinking of the things we save in oh, the yes, fire. Yes, That one's on my list. Yeah. 
they both have the word things in them. Then that's where I, I got confused. To mix up myself, actually. <laughs> so she falls in love with this other guy who has some sort of brain degenerative problem. And there's like two young people in a nursing home and they yeah. fall in love. But the thing I didn't care for about this book was this nurse character who's in it. I thought she was a little whiny. And I just found her kind of annoying. But the story itself was good. Like, I think people can read this book and like this book. I just didn't really care for it. So that feels so scandalous and vulnerable to share, like, books that I wasn't crazy about. But there you go. That's my report. Don't don't come for me. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to get this hungry boy his lunch. He's over here snorting and sniffling because we live in the land of allergies. So <laughs> we're going to go. But Superstars, as always, thank you so much Aww. for your support. We could not keep the lights on without you. You guys are so... So significant in the production of Sort of Awesome. So thank you for all that you do to support this show. Rebecca, thank you for sitting down to go through our overflow of Summer Awesome. Of course. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. We'll see you all next time.